You're listening to the Summer Camp Music Festival Podcast with your host, Camp Counselor Derek. Ahoy, campers! I am excited because we are less than three weeks away from the main event. I'm also excited because my guest today is this guy. That's right, it's Vince Herman of Leftover Salmon. And here's how the interview goes. Ow, fuck, ow, ow, son of a bitch. Dang. So a couple weeks ago, I gave you a bunch of news, and this week I just want to spend a couple quick minutes giving a shout-out to some of my fellow camp counselors and their various projects. Uh, So just to recap what a camp counselor is, we... um, are picked by the festival in fact we're in the process of picking new counselors for this year and we're a team of people who uh, represent the festival in various ways uh, however we feel necessary which is it's nice that they give us the freedom to do that so some of us make videos some of us take pictures some of us make a podcast um, so here we are and so these people work really hard to bring you quality summer camp information uh, throughout the year, uh, like I said, through videos, photography, blogs, etc. So uh, the first up is uh, Camp Counselor Kevin. Now, Camp Counselor Kevin is the archivist. He shoots a ton of video at summer camp. So if you want to see you know, shows that you missed or just good recaps of the stuff you did see, check out and subscribe to Instrumental Motion on YouTube. Uh, he's got multicam videos, live streams, all kinds of stuff, So, um, from mostly from the Midwest live music scene. So again, check out Instrumental Motion and subscribe to him on YouTube. That helps him out. A uh, lot of great videos up there. Some of the sound clips that I've uh, pulled for this podcast are from Camp Counselor Kevin. Uh, Camp Counselor Sasha... He's traveling the world, um, and he said want to travel the world, but not sure how. Follow Grateful Gypsies for articles and videos about teaching English abroad, digital nomad life, and of course, live music. Uh, check him out at GratefulGypsies.com. And uh, you can also catch him on all the social media platforms. And of course, the original OG camp counselor, Nick. You know, uh, if you want to find a lot of good summer camp stuff going way back, this is you want to check out Fat Gorilla Productions um, on Facebook and YouTube. Uh, you know, he's the original camp counselor. I uh, pulled a lot of his stuff for this show as well. Uh, very involved uh, as of the the last two years are uh, a couple new counselors. Camp counselor Robert is on Facebook at Robert K Recordings, and uh, check out the Champagne Cipher series. Uh, that's out of Champaign, Illinois. Uh, so, yeah, check out Robert K. Recordings, Champagne Cipher Series. And then we've got Camp Counselor Kayla. Uh, she does uh, great photography, um, r- kind of original. And um, she's out of Milwaukee. She does weddings, high school, seniors, and events. Uh, and you want to check her out at Emerald Tide Photography. So that was Camp Counselor Kayla. Uh, a couple more. we got Camp Counselor Jordan uh, check out asymmetrical, that's A in parentheses, asymmetrical photography for concert, event, and promo photography. So he's uh, located in Iowa City, Iowa. 
And last but not least, we have Camp Counselor Brandon. And um, he said you should check him out at Music Live Connect and uh, www.bjohnsonxar.com. So check out Camp Counselor Brandon and some of his uh, photography. He's good, too. Um, so like I said, follow all these people. I know I threw a lot at you there. Um, you can find all of these camp counselors, of course, on the summer camp page and various links to their projects. But they're all going to bring you some quality material for camp. Um, on to camp news. Uh, I don't have a whole lot of news. They, they did come out with the final lineup. Uh, there is not a schedule yet. That is still to come as I record this. Uh, but the final uh, lineup, of uh, they added a couple bands in there, snuck a couple bands. We'll, we'll talk a little bit about that on the next podcast. Um, but one thing I did want to point out is that the lineup for the Everyone Orchestra is out. Uh, wow, it's, it's awesome as always. Matt Butler puts together a great band, and, and you want to do the scavenger hunt to get tickets to that. So check out the Everyone Orchestra lineup. I'm not going to go through and butcher everyone's names. Um, some of the bands I'm not entirely familiar with. But um, Ryan Stasek from Umphreys, Al Schneer from Moe, Vinny from Moe, uh, one of the guys from Los Lobos, uh, Ross James from Phil Lesh and Friends, uh, and some other great musicians on there, Mother Nature and Papadocio. And so check out that lineup. Who are you? Uh, well, sir, I'm Jordan Rivers, and these here are the Soggy Bottom Boys out of Cottonelia, Mississippi. Songs of salvation to salve the soul. Uh, we hear that you pay good money to sing into a can. Uh, moving on, uh, we're going to go to right to my guest, who was a ton of fun to talk to. i uh, been listening to him for a long time. My guest today is Vince Herman, one of the founding members of Leftover Salmon. Uh, one thing I want to let you know is that Vince is a very busy guy, so I caught up with him while he was uh, hiking out in the woods in, in Oregon, and uh, we had some reception problems here and there, but we made do, and I pieced this interview together. Uh, hopefully you won't even notice that. Uh, however, there is this moment that I had to leave in where nature gets in the way a bit, so uh, Vince uh, gets stung, you'll hear it. Uh, so thanks to Vince for being a good sport. And here's the interview. Hello, summer campers. I am on the line here with Vince Herman of Leftover Salmon, who tells me he's out in the middle of the woods sitting on a log right now. Is that true? First of all... You, you've officially already covered something that I wanted you to do. I wanted one good festival from you. Oh, yeah. I'm out the gate hot. <laughs> Coming out of the gate hot. So my uh, my first question that I ask everyone on this podcast is, um, what was your first concert? Although it's, um, I guess the question more is, what was the first concert that had an impact on you? Man, um well, I'd say the one that had the strongest impact on it was, uh, yeah, it was the Bluegrass and Old Time Music Festival in Pittsburgh called the Smoky City Folk Festival. I went to in 1975, and, and, and you know, the, the music on stage was like 30 people all sitting around playing bluegrass instruments uh, or picking on this tune, and it looks, and it occurred to me that like they had just met each other. 
and <laughs> and had this like common repertoire and this thing to do with music. And I've been I've been studying guitar for four or five years at that point, um, and playing a little bit of mandolin. Uh, but you know, when I saw the 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 social aspect of it, I was just blown away at um, how much fun the that 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 seemed to be to me, <laughs> you know, that you could travel, go anywhere and, uh, and have people to hang out and pick with and, and play tunes and have this instant camaraderie. To me, that was just, uh, a, a real eye opener to, uh, what music can do and, uh, set me off on the adventure to chase music wherever this I This next song is a bit of a true story, although it comes from the repertoire of one of the finest old-time string bands from the 20s, Gid Tanner and the Skillet Lickers. It was written for these current times, at least the late 70s. has to do about uh, a relationship between some people. And I think the best way to celebrate this relationship with song is to play the song right here today at this festival with this group of people. You're the first one who's answered the question with entering not only uh, the, the world of music, but the world of festivals, actually. Is, is, there, yeah. is there a particular band you remember from that? Uh, well, is the uh, uh, a band called Devilish Mary had uh, had had started the festival, and guys like Burr Beard and uh, Larry Edelman, who actually uh, was a mandolin player, who later on became uh, one of the uh, directors of the instrument collection at the Smithsonian Institute. So they have a big collection of historic instruments and stuff. And, he became the, kind of the curator of that, um, which is pretty interesting. Where's uh, that? Oh, oh, fuck. Ow, ow, son of a bitch. Dang. Oh, sorry. Are you okay? <laughs> I guess you have to hit that one. Man, oh, I don't uh, know. <laughs> I, just, I, just, I just wiped this. I just, this bug just landed on my shoulder, some kind of bee or something, and it just... just Stung my hand as I went to wipe it off, and then got kind of stuck under my oh, leg. <laughs> and a couple of dogs just wandered up. Man, it's a good day. <laughs> hey, that's—I mean, you can swear on the podcast, so uh, as far as I'm concerned, right. we'll we'll keep you getting stung in. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. 
shit happens. <laughs> um, so, uh, I'm, I'm sorry, where'd you say that festival was? You, you grew up in West Virginia, right? Uh, no, I grew up in Pittsburgh, uh, in the suburbs of Pittsburgh, uh, not far from West Virginia. Oh, okay. Um, but, uh, but, yeah, that, that festival was in Shenley Park in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, 1975. And, uh, there was, uh, you know, kind of a city-sponsored thing, and, and, uh, the man Devilish Mary and the Coal Country Cloggers. I think Jonathan Edwards might have been on it. Um, yeah, yeah some, and some local band. Mac Martin and the Dixie Travelers was a bluegrass band from Pittsburgh a couple of times early on. All right. This might be the first one that's really a challenge to be able to uh, cut in some authentic live cut of, of whoever, you know, whoever. There is a record out there from the Smoky City Folk Festival. Oh, fantastic! Um, the, I, you know, I don't know if you're going to be able to to find it, uh, but <laughs> there is one. <laughs> so, um, just just for our listeners, just to give them the very basic background of Leftover Salmon, you were in a band called Salmon Heads, and Drew Emmett was in a band called Left Hand String Band, and you guys came together to play a New Year's show uh, in 1989, and that ended up forming Leftover Salmon. Does that sound accurate to you? That's true. I uh, I moved from West Virginia in 1985 to Boulder, Colorado, and uh, rolled into town and uh, saw a sign in front of this bar that said bluegrass music tonight, you know, and we had moved to Boulder because we it was a hip bluegrass scene, you know, at least had that reputation from the Telluride Festival and all that stuff going on, you know, Colorado was a, a pretty happening bluegrass, you know, scene. You're not the first one on the podcast to say they moved to uh, Boulder for bluegrass. Yeah, I, I think Dave um, Johnson had a similar story, probably years later. But yeah, and you know, it, it's also you know the first hill to the west syndrome. You know, <laughs> I mean, yeah, all you know, Midwesterners, uh, uh, if you consider Pittsburgh the Midwest, it, it uh, we all just ended up going west and stopping at the first hill, which is you know in Boulder. <laughs> and does the majority of the band still live there? Uh, uh, three of the guys. Uh, well, two of the guys uh, do live in Boulder, and uh, one in Crested Butte, two in Brooklyn, and myself here in Oregon. Uh, you've been together what twenty-eight years or something like that? This is, yeah, this is year twenty-nine. Um, but it was uh, New Year's Eve, nineteen. Uh, 1990, 89, turning into yeah. 90. So, uh, yeah. Ten albums, including yeah. live releases? Yeah. We we, we don't uh, release them, uh, you know, too quickly, them, them record things, you know? <laughs> we should I'll have 30 you. records by now, right? Yeah. Um, well, I mean, you know, there's been some hiatuses and some some uh, regime changes. <laughs> um, yeah. What uh you know what I what I dug out um in, in kind of looking up your stuff and uh I, I forgot how much I love Oh Cracker Where Art Thou. We might have to cut a little oh, bit of that in. That was be. a fun record to make, man. We had a couple of days off and David uh Valerie invited us to his uh his kind of sandbox down in Richmond, Virginia. He had this old building with a studio in it that, you know, we just you know, we stayed in the building and just hung out in the studio and, and played and didn't necessarily even intend to make a record. We were just hanging out and playing in the sandbox. And, 
that's kind of what what came out, and it, it man, it, it was just fun as could be. And man, what a great pile of tunes! Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and, for, for the listeners, they're Cracker songs done with uh, two of the members of Cracker with leftover salmon backing. Yeah, uh, Johnny Hickman and David Lowry. Yep. Uh, yeah. Fun stuff, and uh, and that, that was the first thing we did with uh, Noam Bikelmi in the band. Um, uh, it was fun. We we played like two or three shows, and then ended up in the studio with David. Um, that that was fun. But I'm sure as hell that it starts with me And that's a wisdom I've laughed at I don't know what the world may want But a good stiff drink, it surely don't So I think I'll go and fix myself a tall one Cause what the world needs now Is a new kind of tension Cause the old one just bores me to death Cause what the world needs now Is another folk singer Like I need a hole in my head So I will say that, um uh, I, I don't know if you ever considered desert island albums. You know, if you if you were dropped on a an island with uh, only a, a record player and you know five or so albums, uh, definitely in my top five is the Nashville Nashville Sessions, which um, led me to think, what? Uh, how about you? Do you have uh, do you have a top couple uh, desert island albums well. that you would? Uh, I haven't thought about that, but I'm gonna I'm gonna wing it. I'm gonna go with Jackson Brown, The Pretender. Um, they have a great great record. Um, I'd have to go with uh, I'm gonna go with the the the, the uh, Harry Smith anthology of American folk music. Um, it's like it's probably five records, but will, will that qualify as one? It's a cheat, but I'll allow it. <laughs> and he lived in Boulder the last few years with his wife in a little place that uh, the Naropa Institute gave him, which is this Naropa Institute is a Buddhist university in Boulder, and uh, um, it has the Allen Ginsberg Library and the Jack Kerouac School of Disembodied Poetics. And he'd come to these picking sessions we would have in Boulder, old Harry Smith would, and and uh, he was amazing. He a really famous music collector and stuff. And his anthology of American folk music is one of the most uh, uh, influential records of, of all time in terms of what what became the bluegrass and jam band scene as far as repertoire goes. There's nothing as important as that Harry Smith record. Well, who's that riding? Who's that riding? Hey, 
that that have come out of of this genre. You know, Sam Bush has a seems to have a, a hold on new grass. You guys say polyethnic Cajun slam grass, and I I was thinking we could just combine them all because of the age of the people coming to see you and and call it dad grass. <laughs> Well, you know, I don't know. We got these young hipsters, you know, with Skinny Jeans from Brooklyn in the band now. You know? <laughs> I've, I've noticed. And so, I, you know, it, it's you know, we're partial dads, I guess. You know, <laughs> are they bringing in the younger crowds? Yeah, yeah. You know that that's that's what I'm really proud of about the band with right now is that you know there's there is an energy in it that's kind of going in directions that Salmon hasn't gone before, and. uh you know, we are starting to see, you know, a different, different kind of crowd, you know, showing up. And, and uh, I think, uh, you know, these young cats coming in the band and bringing new energy to it is, uh, has really has us fired up as we've ever been about this thing. And it's, it's, uh, it's really exciting. That's good to hear. It seems like it, it seems like a really fresh sound on the new album, which is, uh, it's good to hear. Um, yeah. I'll tell you. I tell you, my wife is not a fan of the jam band. She will, she will not be at us. You'll never see her at a summer camp. But um, Leftover Salmon has always been one of the bands that we meet in the middle on. So, uh, you know, thanks for saving my marriage. Well, you, um, you know, <laughs> well, you know, it, it, it's interesting. You know, the 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 jam band scene is is uh, to me has always been code that you know people with hair are going to be there. You know. <laughs> But 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 uh, so you know it's it's a cultural thing that that really doesn't relate to the music at all because the I mean, there's there's you know electronica there's bluegrass there's jazz there's funk there's all these kinds of music that that you know get thrown into a jam band festival and and the jam bands play but but most likely any of those bands within those genres could go and play as a country band or go and play as a pure sure. funk band or yeah. go and play as a jazz band. And But there's this culture of people who go to see music and support live music, go to festivals, it's called jam band, that is, yeah. we sure are lucky to have as a cultural element uh, these days well, I as think things get weirder and weirder, you know? I think traditionally I think of it as as any band that's like stretches out a little bit that's you know maybe more you know taking a jazz approach to to jamming and you know in addition to whatever they've recorded originally but but you know I mean it doesn't like you said that doesn't that's not exclusive either yeah yeah you know it's uh, sure would be nice to you know be able to go play some country music festivals and, and, you know, get this music to a bunch of people who haven't heard it who, uh, you know, would run screaming for the idea of going to a jam band festival. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, I mean, that's, that's the beauty of a thing like summer camp is that there's uh, all kinds of different music there and you can yeah. see stuff that you, that you might not otherwise see. Absolutely. Uh, Absolutely. Speaking of summer camp, I was, I was going down the list um, and I, I've played some of your music on, on this podcast and talked about the uh, time when when you were the MC at summer camp. I don't know if that was, I think, maybe 2006 or 2007. And uh, you were dressed up as uh, Santa Claus, in my mind. That's correct. Uh, somebody else recalled it as you were dressed up as the Easter Bunny. Was Does that mean that you had multiple outfits? 
we, we I think both were available at the time. We got into some uh, costume closet somewhere, and uh, the Easter Bunny and Santa, and, you know, might have been a couple other, you know, Thanksgiving turkeys or something around. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I, think I like to take advantage of what's available, you know. Yeah, that was. I just remember that year it being really hot and feeling bad for you standing up there in a Santa Claus suit as the MC on the main stage. No, nah, there are worse jobs. <laughs> I'm sure there are. <laughs> um, I, you know, speaking of that, you 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 have a big persona on stage, and um, you're you're somebody that when when I see you, like just just seeing Vince Herman makes me smile. Um, which, which I think is a great way to be, but I always wonder: is there like is there a flip side to that? Do you need a lot of? Do you have your introverted times? Do you have your down times, or your just times where you need to be alone? Or well, there's I I, I like to torture small squirrels. <laughs> that's 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 what I, I take it out on on little baby squirrels. And that makes like my the, whole that makes everything and, and awful out. side. Yeah, that, that I'm fine, and I can just be nice. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's awful. Uh, yeah, no, I've never. No squirrels were harmed in the production of that comp. <laughs> so, um, well, we're looking forward to having you back at camp. You were you were there in 2006, 2007, and leftover played in 2012. So this will be your fourth summer camp. Does that sound right? That sounds about right. Yeah, we've had some great adventures there, man. I love the Goldbergs, man. They they got great stuff going. Mo has been been uh, deep at the heart of it for years, and uh, had some great experiences with them. Don't let Rob uh, borrow your golf cart. It's dangerous on them. Um, yeah, summer camp it's gonna be fun. I've had some yeah. pretty scary golf cart rides at at summer camp, to tell you the truth. All right. I'll just ask you. I'll ask you a couple more here before I before I let you go. I know we've kind of reached our time, and and you want to finish your hike probably. Camp counselor Nick asks, uh, "What's a bridge to Bert?" Well, there's the bridge, and over there's Bert. One's on the left, one's on the right. Bring it together. You're bridging the Bert. We could use some bridging the Bert around here. You know what I'm saying? I mean, you know. You know, it's like bring your wife to the jam band festival. Have her bridge the jam band Bert and understand the beauty of our culture. Then you'll be <laughs> truly saving your marriage and bridging the Bert. Bridging the oh, marriage Bert. I think me going by myself saves my marriage. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um Follow-up to that from Camp Counselor Nick was, how did Mayor McCheese get involved in these shenanigans? Uh, he was liberated from a, uh, a McDonald's restaurant in uh, the late 80s. He came to uh, our possession in Crested Butte in the early 90s, and he has meant absolutely everything and absolutely nothing ever since. <laughs> I love it. Um, and, and the and the last question that he asked, which is uh, I, I like this one. It's kind of an abstract one. Uh, do you uh, do you guys still surprise each other on stage? All the time, all the time, absolutely. And that's got to be part part of the fun of it, I, I suppose. Maybe that's, if the surprises stop, maybe the music stops. I think it is. 
No doubt. Cool. Well, Vince, I will let you get back to your hike. I really appreciate you taking the time to do the podcast, and uh, we will see you at summer camp. Can I get one last festival? You betcha, buddy. Vegetables! Eat your vegetables. <laughs> Down trails. Drive fast. Smoke dope. All right, man. Be, be safe getting out of the woods. All right, buddy. Bye. Thanks. So that was Leftover Salmon from Summer Camp 2012 performing Bend in the River. Thanks again to Vince. Uh, I've been thinking about uh, what constitutes a jam band since this interview. And I think what Vince was saying there is that uh, it doesn't have anything to do with the music. It is true in that it's not limited by genre. It could be any style of music and, and ultimately being labeled a jam band is more about the culture, uh, culture of the fans, as he said, um, a lot of hair, possibly weed loyal to, uh, loyal fans open to improv improvisation. Um, but it also had to do with the culture of the bands too. I mean, the bands allow taping and, uh, they play the festivals and they, some of them do the exploratory jams. So, uh, Wikipedia had this to say when I, when I looked it up, uh, although today the term, may be used to describe nearly any cross-genre band, festival band, or improvisational band. The term retains an affinity to the fan culture inspired by the Grateful Dead and carried on by the likes of Fish. Some artists, such as the Derek Trucks Band, are known for resisting the jam band label. Uh, it goes on to say that Dave Schools of Widespread and Greg Allman have said that they don't particularly like the term. Uh, Greg Allman said... Of the Almonds, uh, rather than being a jam band, the Almond Brothers are a band that jams. So perhaps I'll stop using the term jam band and start saying a band that jams. Uh, but anyway, speaking of, on to the jam of the week. Or jam of the week is one of those songs that's on uh, the Nashville sessions from Leftover Salmon, which I consider to be a Desert Island album. Uh, Leftover Salmon doing Midnight Blues from Summer Camp 2012. 
Now start packing, y'all. I'll be back with a new podcast next week.